Good afternoon and welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Wozni, and on the line I've got Spencer Kerber. Hi, Spencer. Hi, Alan. <laughs> this is uh like so Spencer, this is episode number 130. And uh, you know, yeah, I guess I've been busy, but as I said to you offline, I've been meeting some fantastic uh and I'm fascinated by the small businesses in Calgary and the people both the pre- COVID-19 and during the COVID-19 era. So you're episode number 29, I guess, in the remote under, this, under conditions of social distancing. So welcome. Sounds like all the kinks are, are grinded out now. So <laughs> let's do it. So your, um, your business is, is it called Bessie Box? Did I get that right? Yeah. Our, our name is Bessie or Bessie Box. And what we do is we work with... Um, Natural, natural farmers and sustainable seafood producers right. to get their products directly to customers. And so we deliver different types of meat seafood directly to people's homes uh, multiple times a week. So I, I was thinking bento box. If you know the sushi, that kind of $5, whatever it was, you go for, get a sushi. Is that the, you're, you're really putting, you're packaging up a box for delivery. Is that how it goes? We wanted to choose the name Bessie because um, it, it like has some feelings or, or some images that the word conjures in some of that. So for us, like when we started, it was just beef. And we worked with <laughs> one rancher and helped yeah. them get it directly to people's houses. Yeah. And Bessie is, is a cow name. I was so just going to, I've literally. As soon as you said the name, and then it realized it, it conjured up a, a picture of a cow, Bessie the cow. Why Bessie? I mean, let's go. What is the name origin of Bessie? Who's who? Who came up with that name for a cow? I have no idea. <laughs> but you knew that name, so you knew that name when you selected it because you're, you're, you're the roots to the farmers. Is that so? The kind of connection, the Bessie box, or the the, the meat coming from farmers. Are the are the boxes the best? Are they is it fresh, uncooked, or is it cooked, prepared to to order? How how just 
how is it typical, uh, Bessie, if I order from Bessie Box? <laughs> yeah, totally. So we do it all online, sometimes over the phone, I guess. And we have a number of products. So we have all different types of beef. Right. We have some cuts of chicken. And then we have uh, an assortment of sashimi grade seafood as well. So we have some Atlantic salmon, sockeye salmon, and ahi tuna. Now, depending on what your uh, household is, if it's just you or the family, right. or if you have a certain preference of one type of meat or another, uh, you basically just you can pick your components or what you want in the box based on the type of, of protein, and then the size of box based on how how much you eat. Yeah. And then what we've done is we've put together a certain set of packages for each type of diet, each as a house, and it, it contains a, an assortment of individual portion vacuum field cuts. So it is um, maybe buying 10 pounds of meat at a time. But so it's a pretty big, it's a convenience in that. Yeah, it's a big box. It's not like a little tiny box. It's a good, it's, you're delivering, no. like, you're, you're the local butcher, or you're, you're between, I, yeah. I mean, is it the farm to fork? Basically, you're going, you're basically bringing it from the farm to the, the customer, the consumer. So yeah. someone can take it, they can take one or two out based on the size of their, who they're cooking for, and sure. put the rest in the freezer, nice. and they're good to go. So, yeah. I mean, let's go back to, so the Bessie, I mean, you, I, I, I just don't know, I mean, Spencer, are you a farmer yourself, you came, grew up in a farm, I'm from Calgary, but I, I'm an urban, you know, I, going back, way back, I've never lived on a farm, but, you know, that's my roots, <laughs> you, are you, are you a city guy, or are you, are you a farmer, or come from that? City slicker. Yeah, no, sorry. So good. So that's that's you kind of started the business from that 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 basis or that that genesis you want to call it. Yeah. So I was kind of looking to see, well, why is why is it so hard for me to find, let's say, a naturally raised dry aged steak? Like, 
I could go to a butcher uh, that's very boutique and pay a lot for that steak. Right. Or I could go to the farmer's market, and most farmer's markets don't sell meat because it's hard to handle and hold on, like, in a stall. Oh, for right. Hours. Right. So, like, how, how can I get this product but shorten the distance and in, like, a simplistic manner? So that's so you literally saw you saw the opportunity or within that the massive I guess that supply chain that distribution channels and that also hurts the farmers as well if it's the and, and the consumers so there's you're really helping both parties the consumer and the farmer. So that's, is it, a, I mean, that's it's fascinating. I didn't know that. So the farmers, just wherever they are in Alberta, is it, is it, is it regulated, the auction, that whole process? Or the, I mean, maybe you can just clarify that for me, because I, I just don't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, so there's just regional auctions around the province, right. different smaller locations, and farmers bring their, their herd at different steps, whether they're ready um, to be processed or they're kind of a backgrounder uh, feedlot step in the chain where they're trying to raise the weight of the animal towards the end of its life or it's a cow-calf operation where they're breeding new cows and, right. um, and growth and different in ranching and there's very few ranches that can move from, uh, from cow to, to so are you, uh, Spencer you're, you're kind of breaking up there yeah.
really hard for someone to do all of those things because it requires a certain level of, of specialization. And that's why auction markets exist, is so that certain branches can do just the part they're specialized at, yeah. and then auction their their herd to someone at the next step. And what Beth is trying to do is remove that auction element from our partnering farms, so they can get a price that they know ahead of time. Yeah, that is a premium to what the commodity price is because they're raising it naturally, and we directly market that to a customer. So it skips over the buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, and then eventually sure. purchase by the processor. Uh, but it's incredible that that, that existed. And, and how long has Bessie? How long has Bessie been around? That cow. How long your Bessie box? How long has it been around? We've been selling and operational since June of 2019. So oh. we're coming up on a year. Right. So you're very new. So you're very new. Because that, yeah, uh, we're pretty new. But yeah. We're closing in on uh, about a thousand orders. Well, I guess you get the name. I, I mean, I'm thinking, well, you must have done a lot of, I mean, I could say pound the pavement, but you must have traveled to a lot of, you said it earlier, you've been in, into a lot of farms over the, recently. Is that forming those partnerships, those relationships with, with those, with the ranchers? Yeah. Well, I mean, in a lot of cases, it's To the market, and yeah. So, yeah. So, have a communication with anyone we work with, so that that timing is, is good. And it would be very improper of someone like Bessie to be erratic or um, very inconsistent with how we buy and sell from our partnering producers, because they have to deal with seasonality and long timeline, and that means that we have to be able to give them some support. Right. To be able to build up a consistent access to customers. And so that's what we've really cared about from the start is as we grow, we're helping our producers grow and we're making sure that what we're offering to customers can always be fulfilled by our partners. And so far, I'm proud to say that we haven't delayed any shipment sure. for customers. Uh, a lot of these grocers right now are just planned and, and shipping out as much as seven to ten days later after an order's placed. We've been still delivering orders as fast as they stay. 
So you even during the COVID nineteen, uh, you've had that's been you've maintained that eight days turnaround. Is that the? No, our turnaround can be stayed in. If someone puts an order in in the morning or around noon, we could get it to them that that evening. Oh, same day. I'm sorry because I missed. This is a bit, a bit glitchy. So the same you you turn around on the same day. Wow. So that that take, that speaks a lot to your, I guess that you've obviously got the transport figured out and who the, the the relationship with the drivers, with the ranchers and the, your partners to get that delivery, and they're ready to I guess to to put whatever they you know that process, um, that regularity that, that that speaks a lot to your that whole upstream downstream side of it. Yeah, it it, it sounds kind of simple because we have a website and we sell food. And- but it's a little bit more difficult than just straight e-commerce. There's a lot of moving pieces behind the scenes. Sure. So yeah, but yeah, go go ahead, Spencer. Okay, like it, it, it doesn't come without some headaches, but we've been really psyched because the amount of orders that we're getting now allows us to get a bit more efficient. We've been able to hire a couple drivers um, that were laid off from the service sector. Yeah. And so we're able to like, build some jobs out of it, and we pay quite well, and uh, use some, I guess, supporting Canadian technologies to get it all done, too. So, um, do, do you it's, have it's an, like an amazing... Yeah, do you have an app where somebody... What, do they? Is it uh, mobile-enabled yeah. or some kind of an app? Let's go back. You mentioned the Vancouver company, and it kind of—I I didn't quite uh, get the name of that. The, what, the, you said that they provide the app or the, the support platform. Make sure that all of our 
orders are on the list, hit optimize, and then hit dispatch so that our drivers have it on their phone. That's good. It's incredible because it sounds like there's a, well, there's a tech, there's tech for the geolocator as well to give optimal routing, uh, touching base with the farmers. I mean, you've got a lot happening, and in order to get that one one day turnaround, it's incredible. Or same day. Yeah. Same day. Uh, it's, it's definitely an industry that is. It takes some time to to learn the specifics because um, there's a lot of pieces and to even just like a, a chicken or a cow and it's impossible to just sell a tenderloin without thinking about the rest of the animal or to yeah. sell a chicken breast without the rest of the right. chicken. And even more I'll say because it helps producers and if we want the best thing that their animal produce. Sure. Um, and so we work really hard to make sure that we're selling a, a, even assortment of the entire animal so that it is, is a, I guess, more holistic and sustainable solution for our agricultural partners. That's right. That's and, right. And, uh, yeah, because otherwise we would end up with a lot of cases. And that's something that we're not interested in as a company. Sure. So I, you wanted to, I wanted to touch base on our top, top the topic of that the, there's the in the news and you probably, I don't know who it is, but they've closed up with the COVID cases and one individual died and they've shut down one of the meat packing plants and I'm I don't know if you're aware of that. Very aware. Um, it it's been really challenging. Yeah. And, um, so with cattle specifically, there's processing facilities, and the one you're talking about specifically is. Cargill's federal plant yeah. in High River. They had oh, yes, yes. Uh, a last reporting with 358 cases of COVID yeah. in their employees, and they've been shut down. And uh, there's, I guess, two sides to this. There's the uh, worker worker rights or, or worker side that needs to be addressed. And I would say that these plants are very challenging places to work right. that require elbow to elbow um, coordination yeah. and putting in the barriers and the PPE in place to make those run smoothly, right. it takes an investment and the investment wasn't made ahead of time. So um, it's closed. It'll be back in two weeks and um, hopefully it'll be a much safer work environment. And then on the other side of things, um, there's limited processing for meat in Canada. Right. And even though we don't work with a large processor like Cargill or JBS, the other one that is dealing with some cases right now, um, when those two processors or one of them goes down, it's as much as a third to 80% of the beef processing for Canada. And wow. That, yeah. And, and so almost all the commodity beef um, is going through those systems, and when that stops, um, and maybe inventories run low, it will result in some shortages or some price increase at the, the least. But even for us, if if you can think about it, eighty percent of processing slowing down at one time, even if we're not directly affected, some of that eighty percent is now going to move through the supply chain. Well, it puts pressure. It- yeah, it'll put pressure on. It'll put pressure on the other. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Absolutely, puts pressure on someone like us, and 
Right. Just to have that resiliency in case something happens and we don't have access to any more supply. So we've been very diligent to make sure that we have enough on hand that we never have to tell a customer, oh, sorry, we can't deliver to you because we have nothing left. So are you talking to processing? And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking like, you know, Rocky and the smack in the beef, those kind where they really just separate the, the, the meat from the bone and all. Is it that? We're talking meat processing facility that scale. Whether, I mean, I'm just yeah. yeah. So, uh, like, I guess you could talk for forever about <laughs> processing, but yeah. it's a very succinct and general term. There, uh, for beef, there would have to be a uh, federal or provincially inspected kill right. of the animal, followed by butchering into cuts. Okay. And so often this happens in different locations because the bigger facilities specialize in one part of them and then the custom cutting, especially when it gets down to consumer size, can be either done at that big facility or at a smaller processor itself. Okay. Then, so, so uh, with chicken, typically chicken is processed all in one place um, and then seafood is processed differently based on where the catch is yeah. and what the so is it safe to say, and I'm thinking the microbrewery, a lot has changed over the last 10, maybe 10 years or so, and it's literally, it used to be controlled by the Molsons and the Bats out there. If Cargill and the other one, I, I can't, I, I don't get the name, but um, if they're controlling that market, is there not an opportunity for guys that used to, and I'm just thinking outside COVID and, and just really, is there an opportunity to disrupt it and have this small micro processor? Like if he gets approval from the necessary, the necessary approvals, he knows how to cut it and all that. Is there, is there an opportunity to disrupt that side? Because you've disrupted the supply chain, but the processing seems to be still controlled by 80%, 80% of the market by two people. That seems yeah, to be massively. Um, the, the market is definitely dominated by a couple of players. And I would say there is chances to disrupt that, but they're challenging. And that's because the cost difference between one of these massive facilities and the, yeah. let's say, provincial atmosphere is immense. Like it could be as much as uh, it's close to ten times more expensive at a smaller facility than the large one. Okay, so is this capital intent? There's capex. I was thinking, is there capex as well? A lot of the equipment you need to have for for processing the beef and the chicken and whoever. The equipment, uh, as well as all of the systems for the processes and uh, for the inspections and regulatory, right, are have to be upheld. And so there's definitely a, a. Sorry, you cut off there, Spencer. Spencer, I seem to have lost you on the last there. Yeah, we've lost uh, it. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, there you are now. Small 
Sure, no, I understand. Well, Spencer, I really, you know, thanks for taking the time today. And, you know, this is not easy. And I'm sure you've got, it sounds like you've, you, as your business has grown and during the COVID period, it's even, it seems gotten busier. And I guess with the Cargill uh, challenges, that, that, put, that puts pressure on you guys as well. So that, that sanctuary, I'll have to get the link to that, that wolf sanctuary. It's in Yamnuska Center. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's a wolf dog sanctuary. And nice. Because they don't have any tours right now, it's hard for them to come the food and care for the animals. Well, Spencer, thanks. Sorry. The, really, again, thanks for taking the time and, and stay safe out there. And thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Uh, bye now.